Hello, hello, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. I am your host, Ryan Hanley, and with me as always is Marty Agather. Marty, what is going on, brother? Hey, it is uh, fantastic to be back with you here. I know we've had some uh, highly, uh, highly charged guest speakers, so nice to be back in the in the chair with my buddy Ryan Hanley. Uh, I just wanted to, to comment on the fact I'm gonna little inside baseball here. I think to some degree, you know. We do this enough that this is very natural for us, right? I mean, we literally had about a 30-second, what are we going to talk about today, just before we fired up the recording. Um, but you and I had had an opportunity to do an interview uh, just the other day with a friend of ours, and I'm not sure that his producer knew what hit her because... <laughs> yeah, that was fun, yeah. We were on... Um... We were on uh, Peter Van Artrike's show, uh, On Point, which is an insurance journal podcast, which is great. Peter does a wonderful job. And, uh, man, he probably asked three questions in 37 minutes, and we just went – we just pounded on. Now, again, he had teed him up. I mean, it was like it was like putting a 70-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle for Babe Ruth. I mean, the questions that he was asking. But um, – you know, that that was a lot of fun. I, I will push back a little, and you say, you know, we spent 30 seconds prepping. I mean, we basically prep all the time. I mean, it's oh, we're yes. constantly emailing each other articles back and forth. I mean, when, when Marty and I refer to ourselves as geeks, it's really true. It, it is true to the umpteenth degree. I mean, we find obscure concepts in, like, sentences in articles on obscure sites and we'll email them to each other and be like this sentence would turn into an amazing blog post how do we let's talk about this on the pocket and like we probably do that two dozen times a week I mean it's crazy so even though yes technically we spend about 30 to 60 seconds before we go live saying hey what do you want to talk about I mean, it's not like we aren't prepped for the show. Absolutely. No, no. We are not making this up on the fly. There is no question about that. Uh, And speaking of total geekdom, uh, if you want to find out how snowmobiles, escalators, and uh, disruption all come together in one piece, check out my new blog post, which will be live by the time uh, this recording's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, And it's so the funny part, too, is, so, you know, in full disclosure... Uh, Marty writes these articles and they're phenomenal and they're his style or whatever, but they always take a little bit of massaging, uh, just a little bit. And uh, I have passed that duty on to Sydney. And um, it's just funny (laughs) because, you know, uh, Marty writes like he talks, which is, uh, you know, like following a squirrel down a trail. So you kind of have to like tie in some pieces and be like, hey, you know, you just need to tie the story together. And they always come out phenomenally well. I mean, and, and it's all his stuff, but it just is, it's funny to pass that torch and not have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I've taken some of your, uh, some of your constructive criticism to heart. And so hopefully this one requires less editing because I did actually try to tie all the loose ends into a neat and tidy bow. Yeah, well, they, yeah. Over it's it's funny. We all evolve as writers, right? I mean, I, we all do. Um, I am a bit authoritarian when it comes to what I will I will allow to be published on Agency Nation. Um, there's no doubt about it. Even to myself, I mean, I find myself writing fifteen, seventeen hundred word epic guides because I can't like not 
tie off certain pieces and pull it together and all, you know what I mean I got to have a quote and a staff for this and and, and then and, and then you just can't briefly mention something because you don't know if the reader actually understands the principle so you got to explain it a little bit it's yeah it is uh, it's always fun and then the formatting piece and I I don't want to get into it but I just I Sydney I drive her crazy cuz every time Marty you think I'm bad with you I, like when she hits publish I go back and I review her posts, right? For from a structural standpoint, her I don't not her voice or whatever. I mean, she does a great job, just like you do. I mean, I'm not I never am changing what you are saying. It's more just like the structural, you know, a blogist, journalistic type stuff. Uh, and I, <laughs> I'm I can be sometimes I can be kind of belligerent with her. You know what I mean? It's like you're spacing here. You got to put this. There's too many groups. You know, blah, blah, blah. I think about this. Where's your meta description? And she like, I can tell I drive her bananas. So but. can I want to, I want to uh, go back to our last uh, episode that you and I were on together, uh, 61 and, and bring something. Cause it, it goes right to this, right? You said voice and it, it kicked off a thought for me. Uh, in that thing, in, in that episode, we talked a little bit about, uh, this this guy who had come up with this Facebook algorithm and and all this stuff. Well, I, I as part of that research, I tracked back and I actually went to um, his university site where they've got a, a thing where you can either put your Facebook in or a sample of your writing. So I took one of my blog posts and I just clipped my blog post and I slapped it in there to see what it would say, right? And so it came back with all of these different things about where I am on the on the five categories of personality, the psycho psycho uh, analytical stuff that we were talking about. But the funniest part was it says, "Yeah, you, you're you're in your mid thirties based on my writing <laughs> style." So <laughs> that's pretty. That's a good thing. That's a compliment, right? I guess. Um, I guess I have no idea. I don't know if that means people in their thirties. Well, we'll see, but, um, all right. So, uh, we have a, I think a really good topic. We're actually gonna, um, uh, we have a article, I guess, that we're going to use as the, as the crux of, um, as the crux of our, our conversation. Um, it's one of the more powerful topics that we, that we bump into. Uh, I I shouldn't say all, all the things we talk about, I guess we call powerful, but, um, I think, uh, it's an ever-evolving topic. It, it's it's more to maybe the marketplace and and what millennials are looking for out of work and and how they operate and maybe the connected generation in, in general. But uh, you know, before we go there, Marty, I wanted to briefly just uh, talk about. I, I was down in Mississippi uh, this week um, or the week of that we're recording this. Went down for uh, the Independent Insurance Agents of Mississippi uh, Agency Management Conference. It was about. 100 to 125 mostly agency principals in the room and i think they had like some executive board meetings that were packed around the sessions uh ron was, berg was, was this the one that uh, they do at that country club yes yep country club yeah. of jackson uh very very nice place uh nice room nice yeah setup. paul martin and i were there a couple of years back yes you know so <laughs> you want to hear something funny <laughs> so uh so I, you know i tell everyone i'm from trusted choice and you know some people obviously knew me and some people didn't and, um, you know, as soon as I said that, they go, oh, we've had some of your guys here before. And I said, oh, yeah, you go, probably Paul Martin. And they say, yeah, yeah. And I go, I go, and I think uh, Marty Agather's been here. And I'm not shitting you. At least a half dozen people said, oh, yeah, Marty's the guy that spilled that wine all over our national director that year he was here. <laughs> 
I'm not kidding you. Half a dozen people, they all know you as Marty who spilled wine all over their state national director. Um, the year so, but, but here, here, so here's, here's the part that you don't know about this. All right. So, you know, it was an, it was an innocent accident. <clears throat> Excuse me. Innocent accident. I swallowed some water wrong here, but, um, and, and I felt bad about it, but I didn't think anything about it. Right. Okay. So, so, so something happened. Well, about uh, about two years ago, I think we were in uh, at Ledge, and I'm walking across the street, and you know, here's some guy that I recognize, and of course, I've been to so many of these things that I know all kinds of people, and he comes up to me, and he goes, "Hey, man, you still owe me a pair of pants." Oh my gosh, I remember this. This was two years ago. I remember when this happened because you came back to the hotel and you told us this story. <laughs> okay, so so get this. So 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 I call up one of my buddies. This this was the this was the goof of the century. All right, so I call up one of my buddies at the Mississippi Association, and I said, uh, "Hey, you got to help me out here." I said. Um, you got to get me this guy's pants size, right? Because I'm going to, you know, he, clearly it, he, it's an issue, so I'm going to take care of it. So so she goes, oh, I've got his wife's cell phone number. I'll call her right now. So she gets me this thing and says, he loves this one brand of, of pants, and here's his size. And I go, cool. All right? So this story actually got a couple of, couple of interesting twists. So I order the pants online, right? Our uh, and this this ties into part two of this show so well I can hardly stand it. Um, so one of our guys who's got uh, technical skills but might have might not have some of the soft skills <laughs> puts me on notice with our CEO. Why is Marty buying clothes on his company card? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I had gotten permission exclusive uh, already from Chip because I obviously I you know that's not something you would just do. I said, but here's why we should do it. So then at the last meeting, right? So I grab Clinton and I go, Clinton, uh, would you you know take take Chip over and let's and let's introduce him to to the national director, right? So Clinton goes, okay, yeah, you know, so you know, and, and I've prepped Chip on this, and meanwhile I've got the freaking pants behind my back, right? <laughs> So I walk up to this guy and uh, and and he goes, yeah, you know, Chip wants to say hello. And he shakes his hand and everything. I said, yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, I may not have this right, but I think you might have I might have I might have ruined a pair of your pants. And I pulled this package out from behind his eyes got and he was so embarrassed. He wanted to crawl under the desk. That is hilarious. It was beautiful. Uh, it's so good because. The fact that that's like one what you're known for, and then now all those little backstory pieces like pulls the whole tale together. Oh, it's so good, Marty, the guy that spilled wine. Well, he got him his pants, and that's what matters. And and it is, it's all about the soft skills. So that enormous tangent aside, um, I did. I uh, was in Mississippi. Great audience. Um, great time. Clinton, uh, who you referenced, is Clinton Graham, the executive director of the State Association of Mississippi, and. Um, I did this three-hour workshop, and I got to tell you, man, um, I hadn't I hadn't uh, been in front of an audience in that capacity in a while. Doing like my my, it's more of a performance, I would say, than it is a uh, a speech um, because there's a lot of twists and turns. But that being said, I hadn't done it in a while. It was the eighty second or eighty third time I had done it, so uh, it was like it was like putting on a really comfortable old pair of jeans, you know. And I was just on fire, and um, and uh, one of the things I thought was interesting, and I wanted to get your kind of take on this, um, was 
was cursing during presentations. Um, uh, you know, what, so I really enjoy cursing just in general. I just do. Uh, maybe that's the fact that I was raised in the woods. Maybe I'm slightly immature in ways. All could be true, probably most likely. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I find very interesting is that in certain audiences, you know, I'm not talking about like dropping F-bombs and stuff like all over the place, but like an occasional, you know, an occasional shit or crap or, you know, like those middle tier curses, like in the right moment, like really gets people rolling. Now, I've also had audiences completely stonewall me. Stone face. And, um, I, uh, so I was wondering, so I, I, I have this certain part in the presentation that I test the swear, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, it's a, it's a shit, you know, I drop a da 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 shit, something like that, I say. And if they laugh, then I know I got them, but I never know. So I get this kind of two part question. So is it, um, you know, do you, one, how do you test whether or not your audience likes that? Cause like young agents, whenever I have a young agent audience, I know I can curse. They're all going to laugh. It's going to be funny. But like, if I got a bunch of agency principles or something, I am a little more nervous that they're going to be more stuffy. And, um, so I always kind of do a little test and if it bombs, I just, I never, I don't say it again. I kind of clean up the rest of the presentation and, um, and then, you know, how much is too much, I guess is my question. So what, what are your, you know, I know you've done this a lot too. So what is your, what is your take on cursing and, and how do you test the audience? So what I would tell you is, um, <clears throat> I, too, uh, have a very uh, bad habit, which is uh, my language is probably a lot more crude than it than it should be. Generally, it it takes place in two different um, circumstances. Either I'm excited and and very, uh, you know, upbeat and kind of going crazy and that's when they come out or I'm upset. Uh, generally I don't in, in public, in my public speaking, just because the, the, um, audience that we're dealing with is so, um, conservative, right? I mean, that's the, that's the, the area that they live in is, you know, they're, they're professionals. They, they're working with uh, senior level executives in business, um, but so are you I, saying that independent insurance agents are uptight stick in the muds? Is that what I hear you saying, Marty? Those That's are your words. Those are your words, so. not mine. But, uh, you know, I, I think that for the most part, away from business, insurance agents are just average people. But in business, um, they're conservative. That's the business we're in. So I, I have found it and 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 I have had, uh, shall we call it, uh, constructive coaching yeah. uh, from senior leadership telling me that sometimes I'm a little vocal with my swear words and many times they are F-bombs. So, um, yeah. so I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, chastened by that. Yeah. I, so I stay away from the, I stay, I never use the F word. I, I don't, I, that one I stay away from. I use, like I said, I use middle tiers. This is one of the things I found to be very regional. If you go um, uh, upper Midwest, Midwest, very I tend they tend to be more buttoned up and less like like Illinois. The Illinois events that I've been to, no cursing. They don't. It's not appreciated. You know, you get a little chuckle out of a couple people, but in general, not appreciated. Um, and there's nothing, nothing against that. It's just, it is very tight and professional. And uh, 
Um, and I was joking before about the uptight sticking to mud thing. I, I obviously don't believe that because I have to hang out with insurance agents all the time. And if, uh, if that were true, I wouldn't be able to do this job. So, um, whenever people say that, I've always like, have you ever been to the bar with an insurance agent? Cause I haven't found that to be the case, but, um, you know, but I think, I, I think you said it right in the professional environment. I think there's certain areas, um, Northeast, certainly, uh, you're in New Jersey, New York, uh, Massachusetts. Again, you're, those aren't places that I'm going to try that. But uh, like South Carolina, we had a rip roar in time. A couple times I've been there. Man, those guys have a those guys have a hoot. Alabama, the same. I found Mississippi to be incredibly um, uh, engaged to the little more casual. The little more. I would say it's just it. It can either be a presentation or a conversation, right? And uh, some audiences, I think, prefer the more. I am going to deliver this message to you and some of them prefer the walking among the crowd talking to people you know uh calling people out by their name tag and stuff kind of things and um you know that's one of the things i love most about about performing i guess is that uh um and i learned to call it performing from michael port if anyone does any professional speaking and you haven't read uh michael port's book uh steal the show um you you are less of a public speaker for doing so that book and his work in general will take your game to a whole nother level. It is, it, it's a transcendent work. I, I, and I highly recommend it. And he calls it performing because, um, you know, performing is something you practice and practice and practice. But when people see it, it feels as if it's the first time it was ever done. Right. And that's what I try to do with the audience is I want them to feel like I am doing this for them and only them. And that, this is a conversation between us and that they are getting something raw and organic. And, and, and for the most part, they do because I don't practice my – I don't memorize my slides or anything. Yeah, it's not I, like you got words one after another. Yes, exactly. So it's really interesting. And, and um, you know, I found over the years – and again, I'm, I've been doing this for six years. You, you've been doing it for longer. So at this point, we both have the, the experience. But I found that you cannot – uh, one, you, you can't judge an audience by its cover, right? You, I, I say these things in a general sense about the regions, but for the most part, the audience dictates what you're going to get. Um, and uh, I, you know, I, I think my sometimes I I fall into this very casual, almost like I'm talking to them like my friends, even though most, I don't even know most of them. Um, and I think that's why the curses come out. So, so come on, cut to the chase. How did the test shit go? Oh, I crushed it, man. <laughs> okay. They, they started laughing their ass off. And then uh, I knew, I knew we had a good, I knew we had a good, uh, I knew we had a good group and, um, and we got down into the nitty gritty. We told some of the really fun stories because some of the fun stories don't really work unless you can curse, you know what I mean? Because like the punchline, the punchline without that good, solid, grimy, blue collar curse, like it doesn't come off as well. And um, so like, you know, it's all the, I, I probably have 30 stories and I tell 10 of them during a talk. And it's like, which 10 are really dictated by the audience? And, uh, and um, so it ended up being a ton of fun, great group. I hadn't done three hours in a while. And man, they they soaked it up, and man, nobody laughed, or at least for, for the most part, the same seats were full, and uh, I was very happy. It was fun. I I hadn't been to Mississippi again, and or or yet ever, sorry. 
and um, I hope they go there again. But that was a that was a great group, and uh, a couple of the a couple of the cats even uh, came up to me afterwards and said they're coming to elevate. So I was like, nice. Vans, uh, all right, we've been well, way well, off. Topic. I know we are way off topic, but you just you just opened it up, and I gotta go there. All right, elevate. Elevate. We've got. We've been sitting on a little secret here. Yeah, I think you should. I think it's time to tell for a us while. That. Okay. So, a good friend of ours. Actually, we sort of opened the show with this discussion. A good friend of ours, uh, Peter Van Artrick from uh, Artrick uh, and Associates, and also Chromium Branding, uh, has had this really cool. Um, on again, off again, thing called Brand Camp that he's been doing for the last, I don't know, half dozen years at least. Um, Ryan and I have both been to a couple of them. They're great, phenomenal events. It's uh, It should be on your uh, don't miss calendar. Um, and and uh, Peter approached us, I don't know, what was it, a couple, three months ago now, Ryan? And, and long story short, uh, we are just pumped beyond belief that we are now going to be able to offer a um, a pre a pre elevate session on Sunday starting at one o'clock and running through five o'clock. This will be um, an added opportunity. It's only available to the first hundred people that sign up. It costs no extra money. It's absolutely gratis. Um, but it is designed to set the table and create the why for all of the stuff we're going to be exploring throughout the Elevate conference. It's going to be dynamite. It's called branding your agency for millennials. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tour de force, and I would suggest you get in there and sign up for it. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to, um, we're going to have to create a, a special page, um, I think, for this. But if you go to elevate uh, agencynation.com forward slash elevate 17, if you haven't signed up, sign up. If, because uh, you can't come to the, to the branding your agency for millennials uh, section unless you're part of elevate. If you already have purchased your ticket, go. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a little link at the top of that page. Click on that link. It'll take you to a contact form. You fill it out. The first hundred people to fill out that contact form will be in and the only reason we're capping it at 100 is because uh we just that's the room size that we have we just don't have a bigger room for that time period um because this is kind of before the conference starts so uh we're gonna fill up the first hundred uh this is gonna be phenomenal um and uh, i'm super excited too it's and we're just kind of testing this you know what i mean we've ne- obviously never done a conference before but i think it's gonna be a lot of fun so if you want to be part of brand new agency millennials both how you sell to millennials and how you hire millennials how you work with them all the all this good stuff this is what we're going to talk about for three hours it's going to set the stage for the customer experience stuff that we're going to be talking about moving into the next two days of the conference um you get a chance to mix and mingle with with us and with Peter and I'm sure some of the speakers will be around and, and it'll be, it'll be great. Um, lots of interaction. Uh, so what you're going to do is go to agencynation.com forward slash elevate 17 and there'll be a little, you'll see, uh, maybe branding for millennials at the top, just a little link at the very top of the page. Click that. I'll take you to a contact form, fill out that contact form. First 100 people to do that are in again. If you haven't bought your ticket, get your ticket. Uh, big eye members get $125 dis- discount, but um, that will not be the case forever. Eventually, that's that's going to go up because I want you guys to get signed up, and we need to know how many people are coming. So, so this uh, is this is Ryan and Marty at our best. We don't really have a plan yet. 
for a new subscriber, is there going to be an option for them to select when nah, they check out? Work. They'll just check out, buy your ticket, and then go to agencynation.com slash elevate17 to the top and uh, fill out the form and get in or fill out the form and then go buy your ticket because it, you know, I mean, there'll be two separate processes, but you got to, okay. if you filled out the form and haven't bought your ticket, you can't come. You, gotta, you have to buy your ticket at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have bought your ticket. You gotta have a ticket. So, all right, let's talk about what we came here to talk about. We are literally, this is insane. We are 24 minutes in the show, and this article that we have been dying to talk about, we haven't even talked about yet. So, uh, let's take us into it. So, this is a post by Seth Godin. It was on Medium. It will be in the show notes. It is called Let's Stop Calling Them Soft Skills. I actually shared this in the Agency Nation newsletter as a as a bonus link uh, two or three weeks ago. Um but this is just a phenomenal piece, which I think speaks to a lot of the stuff that that we face as business owners, right? I mean, not just not just independent agencies, though. I think we definitely face this. Uh, here, I'm going to give you the long and the short of this post, and then Marty, I want you to dive into wherever you think we should dive into. The long and the short of this post is that um, we we tend to give people. Uh, a hierarchy in an organization based on their technical skills and their time there. And what Seth is advocating is that neither one of those things really matter in the end. I mean, you you, you need to have technical skills and you need to have uh, the ability to, uh, and you need to, you know, and, and tenure does play a role, tenure and experience. But ultimately, at the end of the day, what matters is your, is your, is these soft skills that make you part of a team and help build culture and and make you be, you know and and that uh, your belief in the organization and because those are the things that are gonna um, help you as an employee and then ultimate or uh, help your employees and ultimately you as a business owner drive through those tough times and solve those problems that are difficult and um, you know I I think it's it's really important especially when we put so much emphasis on insurance technical skills is insurance technical skills really as important as it used to be maybe that's the bigger question yeah so you know here here's uh here's a uh blast off the off the daily pages right terrell owens right is he a great football player and does he deserve to be in the hall of fame for those of you who uh, who know, I mean, the guy was phenomenal. His skills were outrageous. The flip side is he blew up five different team locker rooms and was so disruptive he got let go. So, yeah. so what does that mean and where does that fit? And that's what this post is all about is um, we hire people because they're very good at the specific components of the job, whatever they are. They're a great underwriter or they're perfect salespeople, right? Or they're really good at accounting. But what but but what we tend to ignore is all of those things that either really drive that person to success or affect our organization in ways that are either positive or negative. Okay. And so the whole point point of this post is all of these things that we talk about, like leadership traits and enthusiasm and, and are you willing to take risks and all of those things that sort of separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of real superstars, we kind of think that somehow they're different 
than mathematical ability or, you know, sales skill. Nah, baloney, nobody's born with any of this stuff, right? You didn't get to be um, an expert salesperson because you just fell into it. You've, over the time, you've honed your craft. And what Seth's point is, is that we can train for these other skills too. And if you don't, you're actually impacting your own organization because you're, you're allowing substandard talent in highly critical, in highly critical skill sets to rule the day. Yeah. So he has this article called theft and I thought this was one of the more powerful little sections in here. And I'm actually going to read it because it's just maybe five or six sentences. Um, he says, if an employee at your organization walked out with a brand new laptop every day, you'd have him arrested or at least fired. If your bookkeeper was embezzling money every month, you'd do the same thing. But when an employee demoralizes the entire team by undermining a project or when a team member checks out and doesn't pull his weight or a bully causes future stars to quit the organization, too often we shrug and point out that this person has tenure or vocational skills and isn't that bad? They're stealing from us. So his, what he's saying is that when uh, your experienced producers don't take the time to train your young producers, right? They're too busy doing their job to to spend time with your young producers. They're they're actually stealing from you when they um, when they have a bad attitude about some new uh, initiative that you're passing down or some new piece of technology or. Um, that'll never work here. Yeah. Or, or yeah, or, or a very, very common thing. If you talk to agency management system, uh, people who work in the agency management system space is CSRs who have been with an agency for a long time, destroy more deals for agency management systems because they don't want to change the way they operate. Um, because they've been doing it for 20 years than, than anything else. And in many cases, these are, you know, you look at a tool, uh, like some of these new tools that are built into uh, Salesforce.com. Um, Veranda is one. Uh, Tech Canary is another. Uh, uh, Vertifor is a couple new tools out. Um, there's a there's a bunch of agency management systems that have really started to dial into the the um, a more fast paced, a more mobile on the move um, uh, business methodology, and designed to support improved customer experience. And what happens is there are employees who have been around forever who shut the deals down by killing a project because they'll say it doesn't work for X, Y, Z reason and, um, and, and no, no change will happen. I, I actually had this happen in my, in my wife's family's agency. We had a, our accounting, the person that did the accounting in our office, uh, we were looking at the time we, we were on, um, we were on applied TAM, so very old system. And we were looking at a couple new systems. And uh, Tam does accounting for the agency inside the agency management system, which is a nice feature if you use it, I guess. And um, this accounting person killed all three opportunities to switch agency management systems because she refused to change the way that she operated um, because she was comfortable doing it the way she had always done it. And now they're still on TAM and still dealing with, you know, a server rack in their building and managing that and all, you know, not be, yeah, having to use remote desktop to get into their system and all the things that come with a system that really, you know, was probably outdated back in 2008, 2009. And nothing against Applied. It's just they've never upgraded. I know Applied has new systems today that would work perfectly fine. Um, 
So, you know, this can happen in real life. And, uh, and, and that person, the idea is that person is actually stealing from you just as someone who actually took something out of the building because they're not allowing your business to move forward. So I, w- I wanted to <clears throat> sort of, you know, get back to sort of the root cause of this thing. And uh, true to my form and, and my official agency uh, nation title, uh, I'm going to cast uh, throw some mud at, you know, one of the pillars of uh, the management consulting uh, world. And some of you folks know the guy Peter Drucker, right? And Peter Drucker uh, sort of popularized some some stuff that took place, I don't know, in the 1920s or 30s. And there was this other cat that started measuring all this stuff. Well, it's very easy for us to measure sort of these vocational skills. How many words a minute can you type, right? Um, uh, How good are your Excel skills? That kind of stuff. But going back to our earlier topic, um, how do we quantify the charisma that Ryan Hanley has in front of an audience, okay? So the problem is that's, that's a very ephemeral thing to measure. And so what we end up with is we we count the stuff that we can count and we ignore the stuff we can't count and that's how we got ourselves into this jam. Yeah. Um so you know so what are some of these things, right? So I think uh, uh I I appreciate your very your very kind words there. Um um that makes up for me yelling at you at the conference call that we had a few days ago. Um so decision making, eager participation, dancing with fear, speaking with authority, working with teams, seeing through to the truth, speaking the truth, inspiring others, doing more than what you're asked, caring and being willing to change things. These are some of the things that he kind of puts under the soft skills um, piece the, and the, he, the undertrained the, piece. Yeah, he, he groups them into, into basically five areas, right? How, what, what level of self-control do you exhibit? How productive are you? What level of wisdom do you have? What's your perception, right? I mean, excuse me, the ability to look at a set of facts and see things that other people don't see is incredibly valuable. That is, that's, you know, gold right there because that, that gives you the opportunity to say, there's a real business opportunity here. Hey, here's a new niche we can attack. And we know that we've got this product. And, and if we twist it this way and that way, we've got this, we've got this ability to serve this underserved insurance, uh, risk community with this set of risks. So, and, and then the final one, um, influence, right. And that's obviously huge in, in the sales, uh, in the sales sphere. Yeah. So, you know, Marty, one of the things that I thought about when I was reading through this post, um, I've actually read through this a couple of times. There's just, there's just so much in here. Um, was, you know, I think, I think the solution to this problem is mentorship or at least one of the solutions, right? It's mentorship. And I think to a certain extent, and this is, you know, I know we advocate for the association a lot here and maybe people are sick of that or they love it. I, I don't know. Frankly, I don't care. Um, uh, one of the reasons that we do is, you know, when I first got into uh, the association ecosystem, let's say, you know, I was just a speaker then. That was my first introduction. Uh, my uh, agency, my, my, my father-in-law didn't necessarily believe in going to these events. He wasn't against them. He just, you know, didn't do it. And, um, and I, my first introductions were as a speaker and, you know, it's really funny. Uh, there were some people that 
you know, that, that kind of took me under my wing at first. Um, you know, the first couple times, you know, that I got in at a larger level, um, you know, and then, and then as we've gone, I've had the chance to spend time with and learn with, even if it's not on a regular basis, you know, but people like, uh, you know, like Tom Minkler was an up one, um, uh, an, another great one is, uh, uh, Rick Morgan was a very, had a lot of influence. Um, I've mentioned before, uh, Emily Hewling, she's not necessarily part of the association, but, uh, she's a mentor that I have and these people and talking to them, uh, you Marty, you know what I mean? And, in, 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 in a crazy way. Um, yeah, but I, I'm influencing all the bad directions. <laughs> <laughs> you taught me how to drink the good moonshine when you're in Kentucky. Um, so you know, but in but what I'm I guess what I'm saying is um, there are I think mentorship and having mentors and 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 being that and and having an apprentice mindset. So so some of this is from the leadership side, right? The mentors I think they need to step forward. I, I feel like as people retract from the association and complain about it and and what have you, um, we're 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 losing the 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 natural connections and mentorship that would happen as people mix together and found. Um, found other people in these groups that they could they could learn from, and 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 it's these type of skills that you learn, right? I mean, you don't learn, how, you know, how to put an extra million dollars in coverage on a policy. I mean, sure, that's just a technical skill, right? Or, or root out a uh, um, uh, maybe a a, a, dis- um, a disadvantage clause in a in a professional liability policy, right? So, I mean, those are very technical skills. It's this whole laundry list here that I'm staring at, which if you go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast, look for episode number 63, you will find uh, this episode here and uh, there's just, you'll, and you'll find a link to this article. Um, you know, so part of it is mentors need to step forward. The other part of it is young agents who are listening to this or, or newer agents. I, I hate the word young. I like it. New agents, agents who, who, who don't you know, because you could be 45 just coming into this industry and you need a mentor as much as a 25-year-old, right? Um, take an apprenticeship mindset. Take a mindset of, you know, you you are going to learn from people. Don't come in. And I made this mistake. My first year and a half, two years in this business, I thought I was just going to light the world on fire and I wasn't going to do all that boring stuff that had always been done and blah, blah, blah. And I got my butt handed to me, right? I mean, I just got, here you Ooh. go. Here's your hat take a hike. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what you're doing. I had to completely reset. That's when I really started listening to my father-in-law and some of the stories he had and investing myself in that. And it turned my career around. Um, so it's both sides. We as leaders and, and more experienced members, I think we need to, to, to think of ourselves as mentors to teach these skills. And as newer, younger members of our, of our, of our industry, we need to put our apprentice hat on and say, I'm okay not being the the big dog because I'm going to learn from all these people that have come through and then I will get there. And and by taking that time and learning and being open to these type of skills, um, it's really going to help propel your career forward. I, I, I can't tell you the people that I consider mentors and teachers in, in my, in the insurance time, my time in, the, in this industry. Um, I, I don't think I would be the professional today uh, if I, if I hadn't been open to their uh, feedback and in some cases criticism and advice and 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 all that is very good stuff. Yeah, I I I think that this article just really cuts to the cuts to the quick and and it's it's there's something in here for every leader or leader to be to to go and and realize that 
maybe we want to think as we grow our organizations that we should be looking for different skill sets and not just uh, not just accepting what we get, but realizing that everybody can improve. Heck, you know, I, I I'm older than I want to be, and yet. I've got a lot to learn. I, every day I go, geez, I kind of bollocks that one up, didn't I? Uh, and so, um, so this is this this article is is uh, inspirational for a leader because I think it helps you think about your organization in a new way. It's inspirational for leaders to be because it says, here's a whole host of skills that I can start to work on. Some of them I may have really well done, but others I can I can use some development on. To your point, finding a mentor uh, that that you can that that you can learn from is one of the key uh, key pieces. I'll, I'll tell a little anecdote on that story. Um, good friend of ours, um, Jason Cass, um, he started in an agency and then left that agency to go out on his own and create a brand new agency. Um, and to this day, he looks at his former boss at the agency he left as his mentor. So, I mean, they're out there, guys. Yeah, I agree. So here's here's how I think I want to – we're 40 minutes in. I want to put a pin in this thing. Um, if If you are a young agent in a young agent's group, if you are listening to this and you're uh, on the board of your state association, if you're on the board of the national association, if you are inside an association and you run the young agents, take this article. You could craft an entire one-day program. I will help you craft an entire one-day program around the topics in this. You bring in some of your more experienced agents. You bring in some of your some of your young agents who really want to grow and build. And I think you could create an incredible program and, and an incredible mentor, maybe mentor program even beyond that one day, just based on the topics inside this article. I think it's that powerful. I think if you're truly interested in, in legacy and longevity and, and growth, um, developing these scoff skills is the way to go. Uh, it, 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 you know, it, I guess my own career, I, I seen things in my own career. I was, a, I was a math major. I could barely write. I can't, I can't even, I can barely put words together. And now I, you know, I write for a living and, um, you can learn all these skills. That's a technical skill, but you can't teach giving a shit. You can't teach showing up with energy every day. You can't teach a willingness to come back to the office when things need to get done, right? You can't teach going out and shoveling the snow off the front steps just because it needs to be done, right? You know what I mean? Th- those are all the things that you can't teach. Um, there's so much more. I think this is a great program. I think mentorship and apprenticeship is the solution or at least a big part of the solution. And uh, that's all I got today, Marty. That's all I got, man. All right. Then I think it's up to me to say we are out of here. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. 